TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. Welcome back to a Score North Twin Show. This is Royce on baseball. Patrick Royce and Derek Wetmore here with you today. Patrick, uh, the Twins added a handful of guys to the 40-man. They're not done shaping their roster, but that was the first indication this winter of where the front office is headed. And not an impressive group from a distance. No, you don't think uh, so? Pitchers Dakota Chalmers and Johan Duran. How do we pronounce Joan that? Duran. Joan Duran. Joan Duran, Okay. Uh, who the who's the big arm they got in one of their uh, that was in the Arizona deal the Escobar deal right was I believe that along with Gilberto Celestino, Celestino. was in the Escobar and Travis trade. Blankenhorn who's been around forever there had to be a couple of times when he didn't get put on the forty man didn't there uh, maybe I'm wrong and then Celestino and Luke Raley which that surprised me too. Uh, where the two outfielders added five uh, players. So I think it tells you a lot of their young guys got called up last year, but it also tells you there aren't as many guys on the cusp in this organization as maybe we think. Because in this group of five, uh, Duran's about the only guy who's got a chance to be on your club uh, at some point next year, isn't he? And I'm trying to remember. I, I might have this wrong. If he was in the Eduardo Escobar trade or if he was in the Ryan Presley deal. Um, he was, Might he, have been the Houston. was in one of them, but it was at a time. It's interesting to me, Pat, because I look at this and I say, oh, boy, they they added these five guys. And to me, the headline is at the trade deadline that we all criticized them, they gave up, right? Mm-hmm. It was uh, was at 17. Two years ago. Yep. That we all thought you were in this and you're waving the white flag. Now, of course, they end up going to the playoffs as a wild card and they mm-hmm. didn't make much noise thereafter. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they like these guys so much that they'll add them, whether the household names them, or right, not. Right. The yeah. Duran, Celestino, and Rayleigh are. Uh, That's right. Are, yeah. They well, and we could them. go add Smelter to that group, too, because yes. he surfaced a little bit earlier. And uh, anybody else in those trades? I uh, can't. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm well. I'm trying to think of. Uh, here's my my point in the whole thing is, if I am a lousy team, and we got so many teams, if I'm the Detroit Tigers, I take Wander Javier and have him on my club all year round. Sure. Why these guys spent uh what their all-time record amount of money on him? 3. He was I think he was 4 million. 4 million. Yeah. Something like that. He hit 157 last year. He was hurt most of the year. He's had a lot of injury problems. But I think it is really when you got three spots on your 40 man, I think it is really risky to not have this kid on your 40 man on the surface you say yes who's going to take a guy who hit 137 and has been injured uh and have him have to carry him all year well first of all they can put him on the dl for about 60 days if they want to but second of all you have so many teams you got five six seven different teams that aren't trying yeah that they're you know detroit you know, Pittsburgh, Derek Baltimore. Shelton, just Derek Shelton, Baltimore. You know, the kid comes in, you play him once a week. He plays, uh, you know, some shortstop. 
Uh, you, you put him on the DL. You send him out on rehab for 20 days. Sure. He comes back. Uh, I, I think it was really risky. I think it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, and they did. They had, of course, a couple of horrible blunders last year. Yeah. Nick Anderson being a, and the year before, even though he kind of petered out, but not keeping Randy Rosario two years ago was idiotic. Too. Sure. <clears throat> I look at this and I say to Pat because holding Wander Javier harkens back to the bonus baby days, doesn't it? It's the have a guy who's 18, 19, 20 years old, clearly not ready for this level, Mm -hmm. and then just carry him along and hope that he sort of learns on the job. You don't really see that anymore. It would be it would be a new strategy, well, but for no, one of these bad a, who teams. Had, uh, one of those teams had carried two Rule 5 guys all year last year. Uh, one of those bad teams. I can't even remember which one, but there was a, you know, their teams, Detroit. Why not? Sure. If you're the Tigers, why not? You need a backup shortstop. And uh, I, I think it's, uh, I, you know, when you got three spots, I know, you know, they think they're going to add free agents and stuff. And I always say they don't, when they say they don't have room on the 40, man, I always say, give me a pencil. I'll take care of that for you. I'll get you down to about 32 in two minutes. But I just think it's stupid. I mean, you invest, you know, a year ago at this time, they were still talking him up. He had a lost season. There's well, that's no what's doubt surprising. They had a lost season, no doubt about it. But somebody's going to take that kid. And uh, you're going to end up uh, taking that $4 million and flushing it right down the toilet. That is what is so surprising to me is that it's not – and they could just be selling me a ball of goods, Pat. But when I talk to people about Wander Javier, him being left off the 40-man is not an indication that they're down on him as a prospect. It's just – Hey, he had a bad year, and what are the chances somebody's going to carry him, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're right that it's Look at risky. Look standings. Yeah, you that's... Know, Detroit won 41, was it? What did they win? And we're going to find uh, 43, I think. 43. We're going to find a whole bunch of teams out today. This is We're recording this on a Monday for Monday night on Score North. We're going to find out a bunch of guys that were non-tendered today, Pat, during yes. the day. And I got to tell you, there there are teams that are at the bottom of this totem pole. You mentioned the Orioles, the Tigers, maybe the Royals are on this list too, of teams that, hey, if you were trying to win five more games, you'd keep this guy. But mm-hmm. for example, Baltimore moving on from Jonathan VR, like mm. he's a good player that could help them win more games, but they're trying to bottom out as quickly as possible. So, so wins in 2020 don't seem to matter to some of these clubs, and I think they're going to act accordingly with some of their strategy here. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, obviously. <laughs> Almost losing on purpose. Th- that's the point I'm making. I mean, they're talking about tanking and they're trying to do something about it. But uh, Detroit uh, is so, uh, such a dearth of prospects. They have nobody in their organization. Daz Cameron ended up being a stiff. And, uh, you know, he was supposed to be the future uh, number one outfielder, Mike Cameron's kid, center fielder, and he ended up, he was awful. I talked to his manager this year, who's no longer the manager of the oh. Toledo Mud Hens, <laughs> and he said the kid just can't put together too good at bats. Okay. You know? Well, and uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I don't think it's like taking a guy five, seven years ago, you take a guy with Wander Javier's profile, no chance. Anybody claims them. But that was before the Houston Astros demonstrated, and the Cubs to some degree, but mostly the Astros, demonstrated the uh, wonders of tanking. 
And now, what better way to tank than having a 20-year-old shortstop playing once a week? Hit a buck you know? 50 and in the big leagues. And coming in the eighth inning. With no and, power. Uh, and, you know, then he's going to have two good games in a row, and you can play him four games in a row, and then you put him back on the bench. Okay. So I, I just think it's stupid. I, I really think you just flushed uh, $5 million down the toilet, $4 million down the toilet. So I got one for you here, because you talk about the Tigers and, uh, you know, just— Actually, probably actively trying to lose games in 2020 because it will help them. They don't have to try. (laughs) Man, they're terrible. Uh, How about this? We talk a lot about Madison Bumgarner, or that's 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 all you'll see when you log on these days, right? It's go go sign these three pitchers, and then you got a chance against the Yankees, or or sign these two pitchers and go get somebody at the trade deadline. Matthew Boyd do anything for you yeah, of the Detroit I like Tigers? I'd like him. Because to I'd me, trade for him. last winter he was an interesting target that I think could have helped put them over the hump. Now, obviously they didn't end up getting the pitching that we thought, but if you go into a series with the Yankees with Matthew Boyd, Jose Barrios, Jake Odorizzi, and Michael Pineda, it's a... Don't bring back Fatty. Well, okay. I don't want him. I'm talking for 19. I don't want him. Okay, 19. Okay. If you oh, go last in, year. Yep, okay. If you go into that October, it's a little <laughs> bit different. By the way, I think I do want him because you can, you can want him. hold him up against the wall and say, hey, you know what? Him. You screwed us. You owe us. You, in fact, if the turkey <laughs> of the year hadn't been killed, Michael Pineda would have been the big turkey. He would have won the grand prize. See, that was getting some steam. I was wondering late last week, Pat, why would you were. Would have been Pineda. I was wondering why you were so open. Openly accepting uh, guesses from our friends, Mackie, <laughs> Judd, and Rami. It was hard to guess that one. <laughs> you said, hey, go throw, throw whatever you want. And you just, just the the ease with which you took those guesses, I thought, well, he's relaxed. We don't want to go on and on about this, but just say, I think, you know, even Henny Youngman didn't tell jokes for 41 years, okay? <laughs> even Dick Jonkowski doesn't tell the same joke. Well, actually, Well, yes. okay, 41. For 41 years. Yes, he does. But, uh, but, hey, Polish uh, Eagle. Yeah, 41 years is Anyway, look, uh, I think if Matthew Boyd is available, yes. I am and hey, this might we might be piecing together a couple of theories here cuz Wander Javier would be a pretty interesting start to a trade package if I'm Detroit. Yeah, but you don't have to trade for him. Now all you got to do is spend 100,000 to get him. Well, he'll be a uh, rule 5 guy, so That's what I mean. And rule they'll be up five. near the top. They'll be too, the first pick. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean that's geez. what I'm saying. That, that they don't have to trade for him. You you let him go. Okay, so then if I'm Detroit, I'm picking off the bottom of this. I'm taking Wander Javier, and I'm saying, what are you going to give us for Matthew Boyd? And if I'm the <laughs> Twins, it's a it's a pretty big. I wonder what they they it's a pretty big package for me. Well, I, I wonder what kind of market there is for me. He had a terrible year. Yeah, but I think he got. I think he got horribly depressed, <laughs> beat out there with a team that couldn't catch it. Or hit it, you know, or do any. I think at some point you just it, you get beat down. I think our good friend Manny Hill shared that same theory with me that here's a guy who thought he was getting traded July 31st, and then to have to go two more months with yes. a bunch of teammates who can't win anything. That's yes. a there's a real pull on that. I don't. You would have to. I don't think you'd have to go a prospect for him. I think B prospects, a couple of them, you know. I, I don't think it would be – I don't think he'd break the bank for you, but I like him. So where I, are you at in – we talk about the rotation, and that's what needs to get better for the Twins in 20 for them to go further than they did this year. Where are you at with the trade versus buying? Because there are a number of good arms out there to buy, but I kind of like the avenue of trading some prospects for a good arm to get oh, in the I rotation. I am too. I'm, an, I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, anyway, you can get uh, two guys. Uh, they're, they're not going to sign two. They might sign one. I mean, they're not going to sign two – big ones or they might sign you know a uh you know they might sign Bumgarner and then 
you know, some guy out of the lower pool who doesn't cost who's a one year eight million dollar. A Michael Pineda, for example. Yes. Uh, except <laughs> I was him. just trying to get you not riled him. up. But uh, Cole Hamels, when somebody yeah, like that, I don't again. want him. He's okay. Done. Don't you think he's? I don't know. Cooked. It, he's cooked. I laughed pretty hard he's when cooked. I saw a story posted on MLB.com where his agent said he's got five years left well, in the tank. Here's his problem: he'll pitch nineteen games. Yeah. Yeah. He won't. He's. You need some guy that you know. I'd rather have a guy that's not as good as Cole Hamels when he's good, but is going to pitch 32 times. Okay. I mean... Kyle Gibson, for example. Yeah. (laughs) Good for Gibby. How about that? Good for Gibby. Three years, $30 million to the Rangers. They might have said... Hey, these guys screwed up Lance Lynn, and we got a good good year out of him. Maybe they screwed up Gibson, too. You know the deal, right? They're big buddies. Gibson and uh, Lance Lynn. How could that from, be? From their time here together, that was one of his closest teammates. Yeah, but Gibby's a nice guy. I went to one of Kyle's charity well, events. And who is this? Who is this odd couple? It's it's unusual. I'll admit. This is uh, this is Mackie and John. <laughs> you know, it's a very odd mix of uh, personalities. Who's there. Rami in this equation? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Wait, there is no Rami. Uh, Maddox yeah. isn't uh, still around, is he? Who, I'm trying to think. The pitching coach in Texas oh, would have worked his magic. Been gone a while. I don't know uh, who it is. Uh, anyway, the the time that Lance Lynn spent in Minnesota, he was not popular among the fans. Uh, clearly, well, the front office of mates. has their opinion about how that went down. Part of it their fault. Of course, they'd accept blame for that. But Kyle Gibson and uh, Lance Lynn hit it off. They were friends. Lynn helped him out with some of his charitable stuff here. And then when Lynn got traded, they stayed in touch. I wouldn't be shocked at all if we hear the press conference for Kyle Gibson comes Lynn, out and says, Lance yeah, Lynn's Lance there? Lynn recruited me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if they, thirty million bucks. I don't though. think Gibby gets a press conference. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know he might uh, make an appearance there. Uh, be, thirty million at their, bucks at the Rangers Fest. You don't need to twist my arm to to say come to Arlington if you throw thirty good million Gibby, dollars though, over three uh, years. Gibby really changed as a guy to the to the good. I thought he yeah. was extremely defensive when he was twenty five or twenty six. Okay, or it was had a hard time taking any kind of form of criticism and he be, you know he became much more personable guy and much more uh, mature as an athlete i thought it's and, interesting uh, I, I always I, did, I thought he was uh, i thought he got a lot better i always was, liked him as a guy in terms of you're right he bristled a little bit yeah, but he, he would entertain bristle. the question yeah. he would uh, well the bristling was pretty well gone the last day yeah. and he in fact would he had a really hard time beating himself up after lousy efforts. Well, you know where he uh, learned that, don't you? Back in the day, uh, who? who? Uh, Mike Pelfrey was the number one <laughs> all-time at falling on the sword. I got to be better. No, number but, one. But, but Gibby did not fall on not the sword. Not early. No, he wouldn't fall on the sword. Later on, he fell on yeah, the sword. Yeah, this year I thought he was okay. Yeah, and he was, the last couple of years, he's been fine. What do you think and about he pitched the, good two years the move for the Rangers? They needed pitching. Lance Lynn and Mike Miner and question mark, question mark, question mark. Kyle Gibson as sort of if you're counting on him to be your four or five, okay. Well, it depends. If he doesn't try to go build houses in a third world country, he I would be fine. I would think that's pretty well off this winter, <laughs> yeah. don't you? I haven't yeah, talked to him, true. but I would imagine with how much that cost him this year, uh, performance wise. Speak, speaking of building houses in third world countries, what's our guy Doge going to end up with in an in, invitation to spring training with somebody? Will if, he get a big league contract? If he gets a big league contract, it'll be of the one year incentive type deal yeah, because of the year he had in Washington. Two million, and if he does this, he might. But he might have to be a, you know, make the club. 
Yeah, minor league contract. Well, even the club guy. Look at uh, look at his teammate in Washington. Up, he ended up being their third, uh, second base. That's right. Howie Kendrick will be a much more valuable free agent this year, despite being older. And mm-hmm. this is really his first pop up year in a while. Howie but I, would. Uh, he might get a multi year deal. Howie would be a nice signing for an American League team. You like him I mean, in Minnesota? It's funny that he fit in. It's funny he fit in so well. With Washington, because he's not much of a second baseman anymore, yeah. but he can hit, man. He can hit. I'd take him here as an extra player, I guess, uh, if you don't bring Crone back. If you if, had if to you choose. If you don't bring Crone back. Yeah, if you had to choose between C.J. Crone and Howie Kendrick, I, I think there are a lot of Twins fans who would choose Kendrick at this mm, point, just I, given I the bat. Know. I don't know. He's Crone. another guy, Pat, that we thought was done last year, an injury I, I thought had a chance to end his career. He comes back and has a great run for the Nats and, of course, a great postseason. Yeah, well, he can hit. There's no doubt about it. But Crone, I think how he's, you know, Crone, when he ruined his thumb, that messed him up something bad. And I don't know, does he have a history of injuries? I'm not sure. He, had, I thought he was pretty good for them. You know what fell off with him? His first base play. Yeah, I wonder last if that's related. Months, last couple of months. Only but thing I, I, I'd bring, I wouldn't mind bringing him back, but yeah. I, I, I'm – now this is being said. We're going to find out maybe by by the time this is airing. But I I'm guessing no. Okay. I'm guessing they don't uh, tender him. And so I look at the Crone decision and say he's fine for for yeah. And again, you said we're talking about this before the news comes out of what happens here with CJ Crone and their non tender decision. But I wonder you have to decide how much the the thumb affected him in 2019. Mm-hmm. And you also have to decide. Whether you want to have him have 500 bats and play first base next year, or sure. if you want to, uh, you know, go about it a different way. Yeah. You know, if you want to, uh, you know, if you if you think Kirloff's going to be up halfway through the year mm-hmm. or something like that. But here's the thing: if the thumb wasn't a huge impact, then it's just not good enough. But if the thumb really, really dragged down his numbers with the bat and and his defensive prowess at first base, because you said it. He was great at, at first base early. We thought this guy's as good or yeah, if not better, better as Joe Maurer. Thought. I thought he was way better. Yeah, he, he was good. He was good uh, for a couple of months. And he, with this he infield. helped them get off to their good start. With there, this though. infield, you need that. You need somebody who can scoop those Polanco throws, scoop those Sano dirt balls. And I, it's tough because the Twins, this is sort of subtle, but I think it matters. They've overhauled their medical staff. This winter, and and it's been quiet and it's behind the scenes, but they're they've made a change at head athletic trainer, and they sort of reorganized their medical support yeah, team. Yeah, because they uh, they they thought that uh, they're they're apparently uh, upset that their rest and recovery theory ended up blowing up in their face. <laughs> they made these guys so damn lazy; they kept getting hurt. Uh, well, you know what they we got to give uh, you know everybody's got nobody can play more than five days a week. No, I I yeah I was uh, I was very surprised Tony Lee got Tony Leo got let go. I thought they liked him a lot. I was too, and uh, I was too, and uh, with the medical staff, I'm sure Doc Steves is ready to. Uh, give up the be a consultant duties anyway. There's nothing wrong with being a consultant. And so, so if if they, I got news for them. You get hurt or you don't. <laughs> it's you know, all this other crap is crap. It's you interesting. You get Pat. hurt or you don't. I, okay, so I hear what you're saying, but baseball is trying to crack this code now. Of there is no crap. <laughs> you get you run to first base, and because you haven't, because you got a day off three days earlier. 
You're not going to step on the bag wrong and break your ankle or twist your ankle? It happens. Yeah, but- you're not going to slide into second? Of course, these guys don't slide into second because they never take an extra base. But uh, It's these muscle injuries yeah, that they're trying to get rid of, the I pulled mean, quads, the obliques, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, that don't work. <laughs> you either get hurt or you don't. Okay, so that's, that, uh, that's my crusty old guy. No uh, determination theory. on the thumb then because the thumb's not uh, exactly a rest and recovery issue. No, no. That's take just, a swing. Yeah. Oh, man. I, got, I hurt my thumb swinging because I... I didn't get a day off four days ago. Sure, or the Nelson Cruz ruptured tendon in his yes. wrist. That's, uh, that's what they should do. They should have everybody go out and rupture their tendons. <laughs> that was the damnedest thing of of the whole of all the surprises last season. Forget the three hundred and seven home runs. The biggest surprise was a ruptured tendon isn't that bad. No, I remember when I thought, Pat, you'll <laughs> never play again. It's over. I left the Target Field clubhouse that night thinking, uh, or the press box or wherever. How about Mr. Panic here? I thought that, yeah, and, and our good Panic. friend Judd Zulgad. Yeah, Judd was, it was over. Season's done. Nelson <laughs> Cruz is finished. That two-year deal looks like a wash. Uh, the only sane person in that whole deal was Morneau, who said, yeah, that happened to me. And actually, two days later, I was fine. They put, me on the D- they put me on the DL, but they didn't have to. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, the fact that it not only was his season not over, you came back to the park the next day and they say, oh, yeah, we did some tests and now uh, we wish we hadn't put him on the injured yeah. list. He'll be ready how, in four or five days. Uh, how unlikely is it that a guy a year older, I mean, they're only paying him $12 million. It's a bargain of all time. Uh, but how unlikely is it he can come anywhere near replicating what he did last year? Oh, boy. I well, mean, the swing speed is still there, so who knows? I would have told you that it's... If you had me guess as to the percent chance he hits 40 home runs in 2019, I would have given you less than 5%. Yes, and but you didn't did know it. that they were going to, you know, that they were using a golf ball. But That's true. That, but with, in his And I didn't case, know he was going to get all those naps. In his so that, in his case. Another factor. In his case of those How many did he end up 40? 41, I think. In that case, 37 of them were over the fence by yeah. 30 feet or more. Yeah. So, to, so it had nothing to do with it. To as borrow I, a phrase from you, the Titleists. As, as they, I always didn't say, but in. I mean, I don't, you know, if, so if the ball was adding 5%, they were home runs. Yeah, they were there. <laughs> right. I mean, as I always point out, the three hit in Chicago that day, the shorty was 431. <laughs> right. I mean, those were the moonshots of oh my all gosh. time. Yeah. Well, as Mitch Garver said in his, it was a postseason press conference, and he was sitting up there, and Nelson Cruz was sitting to his left or his right at, at the the table up there in the press conference room downstairs, and he said, uh, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to hit balls up and to my pull side, and I've done pretty well with that. Hit for some power this year. You know, some guys have to design their swings like that. Others can just leave the park by a mile to dead central. <laughs> yeah, right. Paused, and he looks at Cruz for about ten seconds, and the room started to laugh. <laughs> Because he can just clear them in center field. He can do what very few human beings can do. I will say the Twins, uh, the Twin City, the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune, of course, rewards the uh, sports person of the year. Mm. Usually it's somebody connected to the Lynx. Sure. We've had about <laughs> four. Had a good now. run. We've had about four Lynx now. I don't think the Lynx not making the playoffs uh, were probably, or they, I mean, going one and done in the playoffs. I don't think we'll have a Lynx. There's a cam- I know a couple of us that are campaigning for Nelson Cruz. Is that right? But uh, I got a hunch a disingenuous little football coach from down the uh, down the street will end up winning. Yeah, uh, Kevin Stefanski has had a great year this year. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> 
little broad guy, a little bald guy who takes responsibility for everything, except he won't take responsibility for any individual thing, except bad timeouts, some disingenuous, idiotic uh, comment, bad timeouts, and punting from anyway, the thirty-five. <laughs> I think that'll prevent Nelson from being the. Does Sid get a vote? Because that would change things a little bit. That might sway it. Well, if Sid gets a vote, it'd be he's all <laughs> in over. on Philip John, that's for sure. Uh, Sid, by the way, number yeah. one. Yes, and the Baseball Sid, Writers Association. The great Seymour Siwoff, a wonderful guy, really a good guy. Uh, another thing that kind of distances him from Sid. Uh, he, uh, uh, Seymour, of course, the founder, one of the founders of Elias Sports Bureau, and brought... You want to know where the first analytics in baseball came from? Seymour and his numbers. And he, he was a sports writer before that. And he, uh, he, uh, got a baseball writer's card in New York and he maintained that as an active, wow. and as an active member. This is on the active member list. And even though Seymour was younger than Sid, I think Seymour was 94, something like that. A really good guy. But, uh, the the Twin Cities didn't get a chapter in the Baseball Writers Association until like we got in the league in 61. Mm. Yeah. So that's why Sid was number two. But he's now number one. It's about time he got an honor. He very <laughs> rarely gets honored. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Wait till he hits 100. Oh, jeez. Wow. Well, what a party. Mm-hmm. What a party. Yes, uh, baseball uh, analytics. We did have a classic Sid the other day. I got to bring this up. You see the headline on him? It says, the Gophers have done everything they can to prove they're one of the best teams in the country. Well, they could have beaten Iowa. Yeah, that <laughs> would help, too. That I mean, help. that was one more thing. Sure. There was one more thing they could have done. They could have beaten Iowa. That's fair. That was before the Wisconsin game. Anyway, That's fair. Very good. Let's not pick on Sid. We'll take a break here, come back with Roycey on baseball. This is the Score North Twin Show with Patrick Roycey and Derek Wetmore. More Twin Stock after this. My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 952- 925-5608 and set up your 48-minute no-obligation consultation. Call 952-925-5608. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All right, welcome back to Ricey on Baseball. This is the Score North Twin Show. It's Patrick Ricey. It's Derek Wetmore. And, Pat, we were talking a little bit off air there. The Twins are going to have some hiring to do. It's uh, it's not just free agents and trades that they'll have to worry about. 
Yeah, they lost uh, now Derek Shelton. Uh, Derek Shelton's the new manager. manager. Good for him. He's a good guy. New manager of the Pirates, Jeremy Hefner's gone. He was the assistant pitching coach. He now takes the Mets job. And James Rousen, the offensive coordinator for the Miami Marlins. Those are three big holes to fill, Pat. Yeah, Rousen, uh, I still don't uh, figure out how that's not a lateral move. I mean, title-wise, I guess it's something different. Uh, might be some but, money involved. Might uh, be. Well, I would think they would have paid him. Or manager uh, Rousen, in waiting. I think a year ago we would have been less, less surprised that Rousen left uh, because the hitters in uh, 2018 had a much worse year than the pitchers did. And sure. uh, Garvin Alston got fired as a pitching coach. Yeah. Now, the word out was that uh, – they wanted Wes Johnson all along, but they didn't think he and Molly would have uh, worked out together. That uh, yeah, I don't know they, how that they pair. don't think that that would have worked out. They wanted a little more of a traditional baseball guy, sure, and a uh, traditional pro baseball guy. So they uh, they they waited on Wes Johnson and then hired him as soon as uh, as soon as they changed managers and named. And named uh, Rocco Baldelli's coaching staff for him. And, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Bill Evers. Said and, you yeah, Bill take Evers one staffer and, uh, from Tampa. Shelton. He knew Shelton, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Derek Shelton, uh, that, that's a big loss. I know people, uh, you know, laugh about that. What's a bench coach do? Well, his deal was you're taking a rookie manager who's really only been in the dugout one year uh, down there as a sort of a – B squad uh, bench coach uh, with his year with Tampa. Uh, Shelton organized. Shelton is the guy that made that spring training look like nothing we've seen before down there. Or, you know, he was the Rick Stelmazic, except with more responsibility. Rick had to just have the schedule, and they did the things like they'd always done them for 20 years. Well, Shelton ran this new camp where the rest and recovery was the whole deal and nobody's going to work too hard and we're going to be out of here at 10.30 in the morning. We're not going to get here until 10. We're going to leave an hour later. And we're going to still got to get all this work done. And Shelton organized that whole stuff. You know, you'd go in there... what uh, the before the game at eight thirty in the morning, and they knew who was going on the road trip the day later. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was day before, uh, yeah. Extremely. I mean, they knew they scheduled days off basically starting on May on March twenty eighth, and yeah. uh, Shelton was the man that uh, Baldelli bounced everything off of and had you know I, Shelton gave Baldelli more ideas than Baldelli gave Shelton I can guarantee you in that relationship and uh, I was glad to see him get the job I really uh, if he was walking into the Pirates with Neil Huntington still in charge and the same tired operation they had I'd say he's got no chance but uh, they they got a new look at it. Charrington's coming back as a GM uh, after the Boston run, where he basically got, you know, hosed for yeah. want of a better word. Sure. They, they said, well, you uh, you know, he, he signed a couple of guys to bad contracts. That's one thing you won't have to worry about in Pittsburgh. Signing <laughs> signing Hanley Ramirez to a huge contract. Sure. They won't. Charrington and Charrington will not have. Uh, big contracts to worry about. Carl Crawford's bad, not going to haunt the Pirates. Bad contracts. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so I think that he's got a chance because they'll give him three years. They they had that three year run, man. They were, yeah. you know, they were they won ninety eight or nine. Didn't they win? Yeah. They ended up in that division that right. was too tough. Where it was ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine yeah. wins. Yeah, and they uh, 
you know, and lost three wild card games. What are you going to do? They had they were good teams, and you know they had Garrett Cole, and you know they were good. Jameson Tyon, and they can, you got to think you can do it again. So in, in three four years, Shelty leaving is uh, it's a good, it's a good gift for Pittsburgh, and I'm curious that that whole rebuild is probably another podcast for another time. Yeah. The Twins. I view this as a real material loss versus what some people might say is, you know, bench coach is kind of cosmetic sometimes. Twins are going to have their hands full trying to replace a guy who basically made the engine run on a day-to-day basis. You ask Twins players, yeah, they respect Rocco and he won manager of the year. But even Rocco would say that that was probably more of a two-person award than uh, than just Rocco being uh, at the front of it. Is he going to come in here and pluck anybody else? Well, boy, he's got some good relationships, that's for sure. Uh-huh. But Did, uh, Rudy Hernandez be a candidate to leave here? I don't know what their coaching staff situation is going to be like in yeah, Pittsburgh. I don't know if he had to keep guys or not. Yeah, honestly, uh, I haven't. I, I would think not. I, I haven't looked into it too closely. I would think with a new GM, they're starting all over again. Boy. Uh, so the Twins did hire a hitting coach to replace mm-hmm. James Rousen. That's I don't Ed, know him. Valera. Ed, Edgar uh, Varela. Varela. I, I think Valera. Valera. I think I would have crossed paths with him in spring training, but I've yeah. never met him face to face, never introduced myself. And so he's somebody from within the organization, clearly must be well regarded. But if it's he and Rudy Hernandez sort of tag teaming this, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a challenge. You're you're yep. going to have to replace Hefner's a real commodity. Interesting cat too, because Hefner was the guy. One of their first analytical links to the baseball, to the clubhouse. And, you know, his first year here, he was down there. He was the guy coming down to Molly at 1 o'clock in the afternoon with suggestions from sure. the analytic department, sure. right? Yeah. Not with, I don't think it was with, this is your lineup. But no. if we were running things, this might be our lineup today. Type yeah, of deal. more of a hey, maybe you want to stay away from Rogers today, yes. or that that sort of and, thing. And you know, Molitor, to his credit, didn't didn't reject didn't kick him out of his office. <laughs> didn't reject all this stuff. But yeah. Hefner was that link, and then they, uh, I don't know, last now once Molly left. I think the group visiting the clubhouse manager's office might have been larger. So at, I've been at told, that time of day. No, I I've not was not ever in the room for a one o'clock you know pitching meeting here. Mm-hmm. But would this room surprise you? Sitting in Rocco's uh, beautifully renovated office, Rocco Baldelli behind the chair, Derek Shelton, James Rousen, Rudy Hernandez, Wes Johnson, Jeremy Hefner. Derek Falvey, Thad Levine, and maybe a couple analysts. Yeah, you know, probably. nine, ten, eleven, twelve people wouldn't shock me at How all. How much have they been raided up there? Do we know? In Not the significantly. Department. They Not haven't lost many of those guys. Um, they kept. They had to give Adler a new title to keep him. They had to give uh, Zoll a new Jeremy title. Zoll. Um, I don't know to keep him or not. And then Alex Hassan, who was working basically, I would call him Jeremy Zoll's kind of right hand man in player development, mm-hmm. which is just the the. The bet that the Twins are making right now is that their player development model is going to be as good or better as anyone around baseball, that their player acquisition and that sort of stuff, you know, you can take a guy in and and get him into your ecosystem and Tyler Duffy, make him into the best version of himself. If they would have lost those guys, Pat, I think it would have been a crushing offseason. As it is, it's kind of, it's a challenge to replace coaches, but it could have been a bigger challenge if you had to replace some behind-the-scenes guys as yeah, well. Yeah, it will be interesting, though, to who to come up with. I got a dark horse candidate to be a For, bench coach. Okay. Really long shot. Dougie Mitkiewicz. <laughs> you want to get a little fire in this Dougie team? Baseball. I, I, I don't think so. I think that bridge has been burned, but he'd be fun. 
Yeah. Except you'd end up having the bench coach throwing out of more games than the manager. Right. So, did That's Rocco right. get ejected? A couple of times. Yeah. Right? A yeah. couple of times, right? Not too often. No, he's... It was funny when he got his backup, though. Yeah. Because it didn't happen too often, but you could see a couple of times when he was right. hot. Well, I've, I talked to some people around it, too. When he got, I think he got run from a game, and it was in a weekend, and I was, I was in the clubhouse talking with somebody. I think it was the day after. Rocco had gotten run, which, of course, what's one of the knocks against Rocco, as was the knock against Paul Molitor. He never gets tossed from games. Yeah, he, Aaron doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't show that he cares. So much at the umpires. And I was talking to somebody who said that Rocco will just go and, and just ask an umpire a question, but it's in a moment when an umpire is expecting an accusation or a fight, mm-hmm. and he'll just watch that umpire corkscrew himself into the ground <laughs> say, can you explain the rule to me there that you called? And then it just turns into a, a, a non-shouting, shouting match yeah, with Rocco Baldelli. saying you screwed up, it's what, what, what was that? Explain to me what you yeah. saw there. And then yeah. that's, yeah, I've, I've heard that well, he has I some fun think, with that. Uh, as, a, <laughs> as a distinguished former player, he gets some respect from them as long as he's not screaming at them like yeah. Luke Pinella or something. A little like bit that. of credibility. I think, uh, and I've said this before, I guess, uh, I think the Rocco that – presents himself to the public and the media most days after the games and before the games is not anything close two different guys to who Rocco Baldelli two different is. guys yeah because to us who Patty... Rocco is when he's having a couple of beers at a fish concert with his buddies and his now fiance I think it's a you know and a guy who would could be living in Tampa and Florida but instead spends the winter in wound socket <laughs> I think he's a completely different guy. Uh, what what he's up to all winter we don't know. But he when he got engaged, it was like at Glacier National Park or Yellowstone Park or okay. something. Probably out there riding snowmobiles or something. I think he's a completely some you know Gardy. We knew Gardy, right? Yes, we knew Gardy and Kelly. We thought that there couldn't be a guy in that job have that simple of a life but he did he does you know and still does we knew those guys and we knew molly was we knew molly was a little more molly was always calm as a as a player and you know he was he you know he had the calmness of greatness okay you know knowing that if he got his pitch he was going to hit a double sure you know and he had that you know rocco was hoping to get a double this guy knew he was going to get a double but i think I don't think we've ever had a manager present himself so differently than he really is. I no. think there's a lot there. I think he's a fun guy. I think he's funny, but we're not going to see that because mm. this is he. This is what he thinks the modern baseball operation wants to see, and that's what they're going to get. Does it behoove him to show that a little bit more? I, I think he'd get some people on his side. Of course, winning games is the easiest way to get fans on your side. But if he had a little more color to him, I think that could uh, that could go well, a long way in the public. I think he's worked out Maybe pretty damn care. well the yeah. first year. I don't think he's got to change anything. Sure, <laughs> I find it more humorous. I don't find it offensive or anything. I don't like find that. no. I think it's I I find. The entire and there were times in that morning session, in that pregame session, where I thought he'd loosen up a little, and you know, mm. but he, you got to remember that each of his interview sessions starts with inane questions from FSN, without one of them, you know, and I'm not blaming anybody, but they're giving, they're asking the questions that FSN and the Twins want to present. Sure, but 
it's you know it's not like sitting in Gardy's office uh, on uh after a workout in spring training and saying boy is that guy yeah. rotten <laughs> you <laughs> yes. got to get rid of that guy you know <laughs> you're not you that's can't, not the first question you typically. can't make questions you can't sure. ask questions like that no Rocky, uh, you could you you uh what well, what's I, I did a thing on the uh on the referees these uh, yes. referees and yes. uh John uh, what the hell is John's name god I'm getting seen now uh when I went down to Sioux Falls and his thing as a referee was I'll answer all your questions don't make any statements mm. and that's kind of like that's kind of like sure Interviewing. That's kind of like talking to Rocco. You know, there's that's some... like talking to Rocco after a game. He'll answer all your questions. Don't make any statements about the talents of. That's right. Somebody. I thought Eddie Rosario had a bad game, yeah, and thought, then he'll yeah, fight you. Yeah, yeah, right. I thought, yeah, Eddie's swinging. You know, could have that ball been two feet higher, and he <laughs> and still, still would have swung at it. <laughs> you know, and and Rocco would then defend him. Yeah, that's know? right. So that's it, right. it's a good. Uh, it was a good lesson for us. Yeah, right? we we all had to get better in, yeah, in those yeah. different kind of settings. I got a dark horse candidate for you because I don't okay. think this makes Bench sense okay. for the Twins. Um, but it's somebody who, as you were talking there about Rocco, he kind of checks Joel a lot of Skinner. the same. No, go ahead. Okay. Hey, promote yeah. from within. They've already yeah. shown they like to do yeah. that. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they do that on the pitching side of things. But bench coach-wise, it's a guy who has uh, forgotten more about baseball than most of us know. Um He's, no, I'm not taking the job. He's okay, not with. Well, go ahead. He's not with. This. Uh, he's not with the. Uh, that was good. Nicely played. He's not with, and I'm not nominating myself no. here. Not with a club, but he has a good reputation around the game. However, the one sticking point is his reputation around the game is might not be as open to new ideas as a lot of these uh, newer hires mm-hmm. and people who are getting these jobs. Probably the way the Twins are going to uh, end up going is a new age. Uh, and it is. No, this person is uh, not exactly defined by his ability to be open to new ideas. One of the smartest baseball guys I've ever been around, Buck Showalter. Yeah, well, he's if he takes a job, it's going to be as a manager, not as a bench coach. Sure. Oh, but hey, they're all this. It's the same job now. Yeah, they, you know, it is, but it's not the same uh, payday. So right? if Rocco is as humble as he lets on, then maybe he'll <laughs> accept a job as bench coach, and Buck will be the manager. Was, why didn't Buck get a job this time? Here's around? my sense of it, Pat, and I don't know this because I so I covered him for one su- summer in Baltimore, but it's not like we're big buddies or anything like that. I and I haven't spoken with him in five years. I think he has defined who he is, and baseball at large is looking for new ideas, newer people, more open to analytics. And it's not that Buck's not, but I think that's no, I kind think of the rub against him. I think him. he's a tremendously curious guy. In the but, same way that Paul Walter was. But he's also hard in his opinions. He's not if, – if, if he mm-hmm. decide – this is just watching Buck from yeah, a distance course. and talking to him a few times. But if he settles – an opinion on some guy, right? Let's say Trumbull. You're not changing his He's, mind. You're not changing his yeah. mind. You're saying, "Well, what he does this, you're not changing his mind." I, I, I think, I think that uh, he's. Not close-minded to new ideas, but close-minded to his opinions. Sure, and and I mean, uh, not in this exact same way, but Paul Molitor too. I found him to be very open to analytical ideas and things they were talking. Mm-hmm. But instead of yes, I agree with you. Now let's run with it. It was kind of well, mm-hmm. let's have a. 
dialogue here, whereas yes. I think the guys upstairs, Pat, are pretty firm in their I belief. I still don't understand, and certainly it worked out for them, but I still don't understand why he got fired. Molly. Because he did everything they wanted him to do. The thing that kept standing out to me in those press conferences, they said, today's player, today's player. And I wonder, and, and you know this, so I'm a millennial, but yeah. I don't carry yeah. myself like a lot of my peers. I could understand how if you played for Paul Molitor, you might not have seen eye to eye. You might not have gotten along with him if you're 25 and have always been told you're great. Well, I don't think he was out. I think he was, I, I don't think he was critical. You know, well, I think he was just professional, and he wasn't out making excuses. Right. Or, Millennials know, are like, sensitive, Pat. But he wasn't out telling you that, uh, you know, he wasn't out telling us they played great when they played rotten. Here's two, but he didn't say we played rotten. No, He'd but here's say, two differences. Know. One, you mentioned the uh, – uh, we talked about the analytics and the approach and his openness to it, but it wasn't his first thought. And secondly, when you make a joke, not you specifically, you as in us, the media – Hey, Eddie might have swung at that if it was 18 inches higher. Yeah, Molly might have laughed. He might have had a little quip to go on top of it. Funny. He is a great quipster. Amazingly well, I, I witty. Said, yeah. Were you there when he showed? No, you weren't there in spring training when he showed up last year uh, with his son. When Molly came? Molly's sure. Came. Yeah. Oh, were you there that yeah. day when they, we talked to him for 15 minutes? Yeah. He had more good quotes in those 15 minutes I mean, than we got out of Rocco all year. Well, I but mean, yeah. I've always said about Molly was. As a player, whether it was with the Brewers or here or Toronto, he was one of the best quotes of all time because he thought about it. If you asked him a question and contained some analytics or something, I remember the year Puck lost his vision, you know, 70, 96. uh, I went to him right before I left spring training, like in March 20th or so, and I said, so you've been with You've been with Puck a month. How is he different than you thought, you know, competing against him? And he, he paused for a minute, and he said something. I have to look it up exactly. He says, he said, uh, I would guess it's, uh, it's, it's, it's what he has to say. He said, and it's not, the pers- it's not that he's very perceptive. It's the sheer volume of it that he says, you know, it's something like that. He basically said how, you know, how vociferous he was, but not, not in a, not in a, a way that you're learning things, but just in the sheer volume of it. But he thought, for, he always thought for ten seconds yes. before he gave you an answer. Yes, instead and- of just trying to. Get it over. Same with. thing here too, Pat. I thought I knew more about the way the twins thought about things. When I covered Molitor, yes, uh, or even Garden Hire, mm-hmm. than than I do now with Rocco. I oh, still well, talk to people in behind the scenes. I'm trying to get a, my thumb on the pulse, but it's I don't. It's I don't, more challenging. I now. don't think any of us has any idea or ever will, unless somebody comes in and spends five days watching the entire operation up back in the. I don't think any of us has any idea how one of these modern baseball. We have an idea, but we do not have a grasp fully. Of how decisions are being made now. Agreed. Yeah, and uh, and that's, you know, I'm too I'm too old to change too. I just <laughs> I just go to the ball game and if somebody runs a bases like an idiot, I'm saying I got ran the bases like an idiot. It's not uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. So I've got some 
targets for you because we're going to start – we're a week away from the winter meetings. The mm. Twins are going to go there, and I have a prediction. Where are they, by the way? San uh, Diego. San Diego. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if UNLV is going or uh, – Oh, come or on. Phil or who? Oh, come on. Who, I don't know if we can trust UNLV. Who, who do you think is making the trip to Southern <laughs> California in December? <laughs> come on. Uh, but the Score North, uh, the Score North staff is not going to be uh, – at the winter meetings, I'm told. We'll have bugs planted in the hotel maybe to okay. learn a few things. But Saving our money for the Rose Bowl. Uh, <laughs> or the Super Bowl because it won't be here this year, so travel will be a little bit more expensive. Um, but, I lo- okay, they're going to go there, and my prediction is there's going to be a lot of talk and a lot of rumors, and we will see a bunch of reports about the Twins kicking the tires on such and such pitcher. But I don't think that they're going to come back with a pitcher under contract uh, in the traditional free agent sense of the things. I was shocked how nothing, nothing came out of the general manager's meetings this year, really. You know, there ah. was some earlier movement in the market, though, than I thought we were going to see. Um, you know, Will Smith getting his deal. The Braves yeah. signed another good reliever. There's That was about it, though. That, I mean, nothing. Usually the the Twins had no good rumors out of the general manager, manager's meetings. And, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if – I don't think these guys leap into anything. It's the thing. It's They don't go there, have a couple of drinks, and decide to trade players over, no. over the bar napkin anymore. Uh, not – not, not that I would know what that was not like. Not like when the great scout Huey uh, Alexander with the Phillies <laughs> yes. called us the next – when Paul Owens was the GM and president and, and manager and got drunk one night and made a trade, and they called him the Pope, Paul Owens, and Huey had to call the next morning and say, that trade don't count. The Pope was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> It's off. It's null and void. The Pope was drunk. I can't see Thad Levine having too many martinis and making a dumb trade. It just doesn't seem like his personality. Yeah, we'll give you you a couple of guys for a mediocre reliever. Kirilov, he's never even been in the big leagues. Mm -hmm. But I think that they are going to target both trades and free agents. I almost kind of view Odorizzi as their free agent move. I think you got better chances to... uh, trade for guys than, uh, you know, the Matthew Boyd is more likely to end up here than Mark Madison Bumgarner. You think so? You mentioned him. Okay. Yeah, I think so. And, and I like that route. If, I, if I'm the Twins, I know that I'm so loaded right now with prospects, and not all of them are going to be big Here's leaders. what we know. Unless it's Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg, the poll ads will be cheap and not trying to do anything with all those profits they make at Target Field. Mm. We know that. Oh, okay. On Twitter, the poll ads will That's be That's been cheap. decided. Okay. They'll be the cheap poll ads well, uh, on, uh, on Twitter. I got, some, I got some interesting sort of second-tier targets. If they don't like that, I mean, Hyunjin Roo just had – did you know he finished runner-up in the Cy Young in the National League? Yeah. I knew he was having a Boy, good year. What a lousy year for pitching in that league. Yeah, when Degrom wins again, God Almighty! Yeah, it was about half as good as he was the year before, and, and he Sh- still won. And Scherzer was hurt, of course, so that yeah. factors in. Strasburg had kind of one of those years. Uh, really turned on the Jets late, made himself some money. Don't get me started on the postseason awards. Trout shouldn't have been the MVP. Bregman should have been. Uh, Verlander shouldn't have been the Cy Young. Cole, Cole should have been. been. We screwed him up this year. What do you think, Pat, about this new all MLB team that they're trying to push? They're trying to give basically end of year all stars. They're trying just like basketball. Who's trying and, to push it? So ESPN did a ballot, and now I saw MLB is putting out their own ballot for. Hey, you got named to the first team. You got second team. You got third team. Uh, uh, I wouldn't. I don't blame them. I think. I think it helps put a 
I don't know. Yeah, it's a Pro Bowl without having the Pro Bowl. That's right. <laughs> We're not going to get these guys together. In, or maybe we should. Maybe we should get everybody. Well, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out a way to de-emphasize the baseball writers, but uh, fortunately we got the uh, – we got the copyrights on those awards. Yeah, and so I don't know who's voting on these. I think there is a fan component because I saw a story on MLB.com trying to, hey, make sure Mike Trout gets his recognition. Vote here. It's like, mm-hmm. Mike yeah. Trout, don't need your help to, to no. get recognized. But you got to play more than he did. You can't miss the last month of the year and be the MVP. Sorry! <laughs> Although Joe missed the first month and he was a... Unanimous deserving what, MVP, got, what, 29 out of 30, whatever it was, uh, 27 out of 20, yeah, yeah, high 20s was, yeah. in 2009. Yeah. But you know, I think that having the first team and stuff, it's gonna, it's gonna be good for guys. I do wonder if they're now gonna hold this up and hey, I got named to the second oh. team, and that's a contract negotiating. Okay, point give or me something. your post, give me your below Bumgartner, Zach Wheeler starting pitcher. Well, if I have Aru, to, uh, the guy from the Dodgers, yeah, he ain't gonna be cheap. Nope. If I had he's to target one, five too, right? he'll be 34 this year. Yeah. Yeah. Slot baller. But... Lefty, and he's got like six good pitches. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take him. Um, and three and two on a ballpark. Get ready for three hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, I don't think Dallas Keuchel will take a short-term deal because he bet on himself and won. Yeah. So that's probably. I'd yeah. rather have uh, a Rue yeah, than him. Yeah, me too. Um, I think they're going to stay with at least one guy internally, but that means you got two spots left. I like Cole Hamels more than you do. Oof. I like Michael Pineda more than you do. <laughs> uh, Rich Hill had surgery, so he's kind of off of my list. That's not going to count. A couple guys that had a, a a big late season surge that aren't going to be the big dollars. I If I was the Twins, I'd hope this was your secondary target. Jordan Lyles and Homer Bailey both had good stretch runs late last the year. Lyles I could like a little bit. They might Bailey's, not be. Bailey's hurt all the time. They might not be that okay, expensive. Okay, I got your and, left. I got your reliever they're going to get. Ready? Okay. Lefty, Drew Pomerantz. He's already signed. He got, oh, he got the deal it. in San Diego. That's Damn it. Sorry. That would have been a good scoop. What did he end up getting? Four and 34. Well, they Huge. wouldn't have signed him. <laughs> I thought it was going to be two and 12. You know the other uh, late inning reliever that, that's drawing some buzz now? The Milwaukee Brewers apparently are willing to trade Josh Hader. And I can't imagine I why he would. I would trade him. I really? Think I think they have worn him out. He was, you know, he was the... You know, the reliever of the year again, but he wasn't as good. So, and we saw it here at Target Field, too. Would you take him for the Twins, or is that your, your that ship has sailed for you? Well, God, yes, I'd take him. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I wouldn't, I'd use him differently than, sure. the, than the Brewers. Rogers I, is my guy. I wouldn't late. make him pitch three innings. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't mind coming at you with Hater Duffy Rogers or Woo. Rogers Duffy Hater. Yeah, get I'd do it, but. But, you know, they'll get plenty for him. Sure, yeah. yeah. So. All right. All righty. Pat, thank you, and uh, rest by in peace next, to the Turkey of the Year Award. By, yeah, it was uh, 41 years. That's a it's long a time. Nice little run. You know what? You know what I've discovered? 41 years satire has lost a lot of ground. <laughs> a lot of people. People don't appreciate it as much anymore. A lot anymore. of people, well, they take it. To, they don't. They don't think, does he really mean this? They don't. They're stupid. <laughs> here's here's my thing, Pat. PJ yeah. Fleck needs you. Yeah, he needs a foil. He needs a villain. He needs an enemy, and you graciously have stepped oh, yeah, in I've to been, fill that uh, void. I've been sitting on one for about two days since that Wisconsin game. 
Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to write it or not. I'm not going to give him the satisfaction of going to, after that disingenuous little son of a gun, so I might just skip it. <laughs> the ultimate win. That's that's the ultimate win on Twitter, too. Skip the joke. Okay. So that's it for the uh, Score North Twin Show, Roycey on Baseball. He is Patrick Roycey. I'm Derek Wetmore. We'll talk to you again with some more Twins Talk next week. You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you, and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board-certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.